Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Other oh, horns don't. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus, big play football. Everything with an attitude. Got a balance. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Don't let you make a play against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Here the tide, honey badger. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Tom, not that it mattered, but was that the biggest quarterback you've ever seen? Man, uh, it was close. You know, uh, he carried his weight well, but uh, I guess you can do that when you're six foot seven. There was one play where Deron Payne was trying to take him down and, and he was kind of dragging Deron a little bit. And so uh, you got to be a big boy to do that. And Duran had to double clutch, man. He got him, and he's like, wait a second, like moving a big piece of furniture. Let me get another grip on this. Yeah, when he would huddle up, man, you could see his his helmet clearly above the offensive lineman, which really looked kind of odd. You don't – you don't. I, I know they're growing him bigger at the quarterback position, but um, he will be interesting for Alabama in a couple years when, when he's got a couple years under his belt. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, well, take us to offense, man. Uh, what uh, what stood out to you when the Tide had the ball? You know, a couple different things. Um, first of all, just wanted to talk again about just the versatility of this offense yep. and of all the different sets. You know, there was th- there was several different times that we were lining up in in numerous formations with numerous wide receiver and running back combinations. You know, trying to get guys on the field in situations where they're, you know, where it 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 showcases their strengths. Um, there was one time where Joshua Jacobs, you know, thought he was coming out of the game and he stayed in with Bo Scarborough. Yep. And then he, you know, motioned over pre-snap, you know, to the left slot, only to come back and to, uh, you know, fake a, you know, fake a run to the right and. And then, you know, just draw the offense, you know, draw the defense that way. And, you know, I'll talk about another couple of plays here in a minute that I specifically want to talk about. But just just want to get your thoughts on it. Just, you know, just just love how many different ways we're using the personnel. Yeah, I do, too. I like, you know, and, and we've talked about this, the uh, you know, we're being multiple in ways that we always talked about wanting to be multiple. And, you know, I, I, you know, some of my favorite, one of my favorite stats is to look at, at our ball distribution. And, you know, we had eight different guys catch, uh, catch the ball, three of which were running backs, three of which were freshmen. Uh, didn't see the tight end get the ball. Would have liked to have seen that. But, you know, we did try to, uh, you know, be a little bit creative in trying to get it to the backs. I like having Jacobs in there, little packages and, and sub packages we have with him. And I think it does create some interesting versatility when he's in there with another running back. I just think that it puts a personnel grouping uh, bunch on there that really, I think, can can confuse a defense. So I like that we're playing, you know, head games like that, and we're looking for 
you know, schematic advantages. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching that. Well, and, and, and when Jacobs was in with Bo Scarborough, as we've talked about, right, they are, they have been u- utilized a lot in the passing game. And so when you bring both of them in at the same time, it's really going to mess up defenses because they really, they truly don't know who's going to get the ball there. Uh, yeah. So, so that, that's important. And just while we're on the topic, you know, contrast that to Arkansas, you know, it was a very vanilla, you know, type of offensive scheme. You know, two wide outs, two tight ends, you know, running back and a fullback. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you compare it to our side of the ball, you know, the defense had to be licking their chops. We'll get to that in a minute on we flip the field. But the defense had to be licking their chops because they're going up against this offense during practice. And then when they come out with a team that that isn't that multiple, they're like, well, is this all you got? I mean, you know, right. something else. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. You know, it's much more predictable and and the defense can play downhill a little bit. You know, I want to pick on, you know, Jacobs and Bo being in there at the same time, just the versatility. And it's one thing just to say that, you know, names and positions, you can, you can do these things. But there's there's a little literal, you know, translation that these are the things that we can do you know, to, to great effect. I mean, you put them in there, you know, you could go power run, you know, with a tight end, you can definitely go a power run circumstance, but then you can, you can split them out and in, in essence, go five wide uh, and, and it's running backs and tight ends, but, but still that's something that you can do and be effective. And I think that, you know, from play to play to play, you can really keep the defense on their heels. Uh, you know, it goes back to if you're a defensive coordinator, how do you try to stop Alabama? And even over the last couple of years, there's been a little bit of a recipe, you know, for that. You know, last year it was definitely, you know, make Jalen beat you with his arm. The year before that, especially earlier in the season, it was rattle, uh, you know, Coker and, you know, cut off the, the you know, sort of the jet sweep, those, those type of plays. And you could really – you know, attempt to stifle the tight offense. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, Jalen's a second coming of Joe Montana, but he's, he's a, he's better passing this year than he was last year. And then you start to distribute the ball a little bit. It really is tough, uh, tougher uh, to defend the tight offense. And I think Arkansas had, there was sort of a malaise in the middle of the game. I think the, I think, you know, Alabama kind of let off the gas and I think Arkansas kind of found their stride on defense but I think the tide sort of powered through that. And that was certainly good to see, but I think it's also a testament to the diversity of the offense. Oh, it is, man. There, there was one, uh, and, and, we, and we just have never seen this, right? I mean, there was, there was one sequence on just the second drive of the game where, you know, first and 10, Josh Jacobs runs for nine yards. The very next play, second and one, Bo Scarborough runs for 10 yards. And three plays later, Damian Harris gets the ball. Dude, we've been doing this show a long time, and we were in school there before. And that's that's a six-play sequence of which three different running backs ran the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, it, that's, that's just big stuff. Well, it is. And think even just a couple of years ago, and, and, and it's not for a difference of talent. I mean, it was a couple of years ago. We had, you know, Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson and, and Eddie Lacy. And we would play the starter would get, you know, 22, three yep. you know, series, then the backup and then go back to the starter and then the backup. And then, then, you know, in the second half, you'd start to get to the third guy. Well, you're talking about a series early in the game where we've got three guys sort of in and out. 
And so there's been a little bit of a philosophy shift with Nick Saban that we, we're still going to rotate and play, play different guys, but it's not as sort of rote. It's not as prescripted uh, as it has been before. And, and I think that's, that has a little bit to do with what's everyone's, you know, everyone can run everything, but what's everyone's best plays? And then let's mix and match from there. I think that, I think that is, you know, that's the essence of, of multiple. No, it is. And it's, you know, that's a good lead into another comment I wanted to make is, is a couple of series later, um, there was a uh, particular play call uh, where uh, Bo, Bo was in the game and uh, Jalen, or actually, I beg your pardon, I believe, no, this was, this, this was actually on the same series. So on the same series after uh, Josh and Bo had had a carry, uh, Jalen Hurts has an incomplete pass, and it's now second and 10 at the Arkansas 46. And they split uh, – they, they actually split Irvin Smith Jr. wide to the right uh, in the slot, but they have three wides to the right. And, and Irvin is the inside guy uh, of the uh, two slot guys. And, the, and they swing out Bo uh, after bringing him in motion and throw him the ball. And all three of these wide receivers have to block a man. Mm-hmm. But Irvin Smith, who's a bigger boy than a wide receiver, was specifically put there as the inside slot guy. And his job was to get the outside linebacker who was left unblocked as soon as he peeled out. And he was big enough to be able to make that block better than a Calvin Ridley or somebody. Sure. Sure. And 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 and, and the outside linebacker didn't know it was coming, right? Irvin Smith set up perfect. He's got 10 yards distance. He's got leverage. You know, he's got the angle. It's a very easy block for him to make. The next thing you know, Bo gets, I mean, really effortly, uh, in an effortless way, he gets nine yards, excuse me, eight yards on that pass play. And so now it sets up for third and two at their 38 for Ar- of Arkansas, which is a very doable third and two. And so it just speaks to the play calling, I think, too, man, because because first and 10 doesn't go your way. You're at the 46-yard line of the other team. You know, you're, you want to get points on the board. And so you come back with this play the very next play. And just just shows that there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot of class time being done. And when you know when they talked about you know at the beginning of the season how many plays and packages they were putting in, um, you know it, it appears as if they're putting in enough stuff you know similar to an NFL type of offense. Yeah, I I agree, and 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 it's almost like you know, an advanced class on, on offense. It's not that we've got a playbook and, and we want, and you know, they can all, you know, every play can score if everyone blocks their, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's not like we've got this playbook playbook and we're just going to dial up these plays. It is, it is, it is truly the study of the plays against a formation against a defense that says this play will get us eight yards. When we run this play, it's going to get us eight yards. And when we run this play, you know, we can get that, uh, you know, we can get 12 yards. Uh, and, and so it's really pulling these plays, stringing them together. At the uh, right time. And, and, you know, situationally and at the right time. And like you said, we're going to run this out of this formation group. And here's exactly how it's going to go down. 
and 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 it's going to get the first or it's going to get darn near close to it. And, you know, when you're third and 10, third and eight, you know, that type of, uh, or, you know, second and 10, second and eight, you know, that kind of thing that, you know, what you want to do is you want to get a big chunk of it. Uh, you're not always going to get the first, but you want to get, you know, 75% of it. And, and it's, it's just, it, it becomes when you've done all of the work, it becomes color by numbers because you've got it all sort of mapped out, but damn, that's a lot of work. No, it is. And, and it's just, it's just giving them such an advantage um, in these football games because the, the, just the versatility and the packages and the personnel, and it just shows the film study of getting these guys in the certain plays that, that they are going to be more successful. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to have more success catching this ball out of the backfield than this other running back is, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so it's just fun. Right. Um, no, another thing I want to get your take on very quickly was um, early early in the game here when you know we ended up having to uh, settle for a field goal uh, on the drive uh, the very uh, the second obviously the first one wasn't really called a drive with with Damian uh, but on the second uh, short uh, drive when we got a field goal mm-hmm. uh, we had a third and six at the Arkansas twenty one yard line and um, you know that's when he threw the the pass to Robert Foster. And yeah. you could clearly, clearly see that uh, there had been a signal to Robert Foster that you've got press coverage. And he was the only wide receiver who had a cornerback pressed in front of him. The other guys had some distance on their guys. And so there was a signal given to him that, you know, the ball's coming to you. And it appeared as if he broke off the route and should have been going, you know, on into the end zone for a fade route. Um, and so that's frustrating. Um, and so we'll never know who missed what, but it appeared as if he missed the signal because that's where Jalen put the ball. And if he did miss the signal, you know, plays like that is going to, you know, speak to, you know, you know, not getting it done right there at a key moment. Obviously it didn't cost him the game, but, you know, just wanted to mention that nuance to the, you know, and get your take on it. No, I wanted to talk about that, that, that as well. You know, it did seem that, that Foster broke off the route, that he, he sort of gave up on the play. Um, you know, he almost came to a full stop and the ball was, was still in the air. And, and it's hard, you know, TV angles and, and stuff, it's hard to tell. Was that, was it uncatchable? I, I don't know, but he, you got to keep going though. You run, it, you run out of the end zone with your arm up because you you know you don't know what's going to happen, and and so I wonder. You know, we talked last week. You know, there was a, a series where it just seemed you know, Foster just you know his head wasn't in the game, and they showed him on the bench last week, and just not he wasn't sort of rallying himself back. And he's a senior, right? You could see like a sophomore sort of getting you know lost in in the doldrums, but you know, a senior, this is his opportunity. And, and Saban had, this was last week going into the Arkansas game. Um, he had uh, a press conference and, and all the headlines that I read about it. And, you know, I'll listen to the, the conference as well, you know, talked about, you know, Saban worries about his players, you know, having anxiety over, you know, performance on the field. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I, I do want to hear, you know, what coach really has to say about that because the headlines sometimes are misleading. And, and, you know, Saban was talking about that, but, but he really colored an example of, 
you know, you've got guys on your team that are worried about what's going to happen in a couple of months rather than focusing on what they can do right now and on the next play and in the next practice and in the next game and in the next opportunity. And to me, that just, that just, I mean, he was, he was in a bullhorn saying, Robert Foster, I'm talking to you, you know, after, after last week's game and hearing him say that, I just, that was hand in glove. And then it just seemed, and and I thought, and I said this on last week's show that, Hey, we're going to go to Foster early to try to get him back you know, get his head back, you know, in the game. Remember a couple of years ago, um, uh, was it Kenny Bell on the team? And he quit. He quit mid, you know, midseason. And, uh, you know, was out of practice a day and coach, you know, brought him back and and whatever needed to be sorted out was sorted out. But Kenny Bell caught a touchdown that next week. And, and, and you know, that's sort of one of those moments that's kind of lost in history because, you know, no blood, no foul. But Robert Foster, I wonder, like, does he need to quit practice a day or so? I don't know. He needs something to get his head back in the game. And and uh, I think Coach was trying to do that through the media last week. And I don't know that it took uh, based on what we saw Saturday. Well, on that on that same play, Calvin Ridley uh, felt like the ball should come to him. And he felt like he had single coverage against a safety. And so he was on the you know far right there. And he was giving the same hand signal to Jalen Hurts. Yep. And Jalen Hurts did it back or just raised his hands and did it, and Calvin thought that he saw it. And Calvin went and ran the same fade. He was expecting the ball to come to him that got thrown to Foster. Right. And as he was coming off the sideline, he was talking to Jalen, saying, hey, I gave you the signal. Yeah, <laughs> It's almost like, I'm the go-to guy here. I gave you the signal, and you didn't see the signal. And Jalen held his hands back up as well. And um, so that was interesting. And then the very next series – the true freshman Jerry Judy, when he caught that nice pass to the yep. to the one foot line, I don't know if you noticed, it was the same exact thing. Jerry Judy had press coverage. He had the he had the best matchup on us. I'm sorry, he didn't have press coverage. He had a safety on him. It was the only safety in man to man coverage. They had straight man to man across the across the coverage. Uh, Jerry Judy looks over. He gets the signal from Jalen Hurts. He runs the route in a very polished way, catches the ball. Yep. And so just compared to what you were saying with Robert Foster, look how Jerry Judy handled that play. He handled it He handled it how you would have expected a senior to handle it. Yeah, and isn't that interesting? Because like, last week we also talked about, you know, and, and it's projecting a little bit through the TV, but, you know, it just seemed that, Jer- that you know, Jerry Judy was saying, I'll step up, I'll step up, I'll be the guy. And, um, and, and it seems like he is, and it seems like Robert Foster is letting him and I hate to say that. I don't want to sort of pile on our guy, but. No, that's an interesting sequence of two different series in the scoring, you know, in, in literally in, in, in deep in your opponent's uh, territory, two different times there was matchup opportunities. And it's just interesting. I wanted to point out for the listeners how the two receivers handled it. That's all. Right. Hey, so what do you think? I mean, we're, we're really sort of breaking down the offense here. All this stuff's a whole lot easier when Damian Harris two weeks in a row is going to, you know, early in the game run a 75-yard touchdown, right? And all this other stuff is just easy, right? It is, man. And, and you know, Damian should be pissed at us for not starting with him. <laughs> but, you know, just, you know, unfortunately. Hey, that's I, the Damian Harris life. That's the Damian Harris life, right? Well, watching, what, getting to watch the replay on the TV, okay, is better than in person because you, because of the, 
you know, enhancements of the camera angles. Right. On the replay, you're able, you know, watching it on watching it again on TV, you're able to truly appreciate uh, just his vision. And obviously, you know, dropping a few pounds in the offseason obviously, you know, has helped uh, yeah. as far as as far as when you get to the 25, you know, yard line, uh, 25 yards out, 35 yards out, 40 yards out, et cetera. But on that particular play, once again, you know, the linebackers overran the play and he quickly sees it and, he, and, and the safety did, too, which, you know, and, and, he, and he takes the right angle so that he can score. And right. what's so interesting about that, David, is that is that these guys just watched the tape of last week's game. They just watched the free safety take the wrong angle and allow him to, you know, take it, take it to the house. And so if you're the safety for Arkansas who just watched that, who the coach told you not to let this happen, and you let it happen on the very first play, oh my gosh, man, watching this tape on Sunday had to be rough for him. No, it definitely did. And and it had to be, you know, you think about the the play started to the right, which is where you know, Damian ran his, his 75 yarder last week. And, uh, you know, some of, some of the, uh, some of the post game from, <clears throat> from the players, you know, spoke to, we, we thought that they would over pursue on the run. And, and so you run sort of that, you know, that same you know, action. body, right. And yep. so everything is moving, you know, in that direction. And so, you know, that either a big hole was going to open up because there's so many blockers or you're going to have this big this big cutback lane, and so either way, you know, make make the decision. And so to think that, yeah, the whole thought is they're going to over pursue. They're going to over pursue. First play from scrimmage, they over pursue that much. Don't you have? To, don't you think that? And and I'm being a little bit silly here, but don't you don't you have to think like the coaches and some of the players are like, damn, this is going to be easy. Well, it may, you know, it had, you know, there's a reason why that was the first play, you know, of the 15 scripted plays that was called, right? Sure. And so this goes back to time in the film room, right? That, you know, they were probably sitting there all week saying this was going to be a big one. We're going to break this for a big one. Yep. So. Hey, what about Damien's second touchdown? And and I think, you know, and it was it, as impressive as it was, I think hell, you know, it just helped make it impressive because he missed his block but yes but, he did miss his block but, but, he, but i mean he missed it bad <laughs> but but but, but the, the guy but, that should feel bad is santos ramirez man right i mean if you're you know if you're if you're gonna give bulletin board material like that you got to back it up right yeah but he, but but damien i mean i i thought he was gonna lose yards and then i thought he's gonna get back to the line of scrimmage oh he's gonna gain a couple yards and and he just kept fighting and and really fought through three or four defenders and he just would not be denied that was an impressive. That was an impressive performance. His two touchdown runs, and he had other carries too. But his two touchdown runs, man, they were quite impressive, huh? Well, what was nice about that run, obviously, right? The the breakdown in in the blocking scheme, as you mentioned, but he made the guys okay. He did something different on all the guys he he avoided. Yes, and so. The first guy out of the first guy, you know, he had him in the backfield. He literally just sold him on a fake and and just showed his elusiveness. And then when he popped outside, he just literally did a Sean Alexander type of move and kind of dropped his shoulder and and just kind of just rubbed through a guy 
Well, then he powered through a defensive lineman who should have taken him down and just showed his strong ass legs and his yep. his low point of you know uh, low center of gravity. And then that strong safety tried to wrap up, like we talk about guys not doing, and and he just ran right through him. And so it was it was it was an impressive sequence on all the different moves he did to to get to the to the goal line and. What's so interesting about this, just like, you know, just like his run last week where he got to the to the one yard line and didn't score, right? And we said he should have been given the opportunity to get that other touchdown. Yep. Um you know, just the just the just the the grit and you're not and, and that I'm not gonna be denied attitude that he is showing, you know, we just haven't seen this from this kid before. No, I mean, we- take nothing away from this kid, but what we're seeing in this kid this year is is you know, we just haven't seen it to this level before. No, we haven't. And and what's interesting is, you know, you know, think about this. He had nine carries. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're talking about we're talking about, you know, plays that you remember for a long time, right? And 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 his performance. And he did them in nine carries. And so there's a little bit of mental preparedness you have to have that you're not gonna get you know, five or six plays to warm up. This is it. This is the plays you get. And and for him to, you know, put up a, a, a buck 25, two touchdowns, have some really just sort of standout for, uh, runs, uh, and he did it all on nine carries. I mean, that you know, when the game kicks off, dude's ready to play. Well, he is. And, and you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, last week's show about keeping guys fresh and stuff, right? Typically, the starter for Alabama would get 20 carries. Yeah. Well, this is going to give you less wear on your body. And and here you are sitting in, you know, week seven. And uh, we'd have to go and look at, you know, his total carries for the year so far. But it is making the most of your opportunities. And and what a nice problem to have that, you know, we, we had four rushing touchdowns from guys that had a total of 24. Yeah. We had we had four rushing touchdowns from four different guys, three different guys that had a total of twenty four carries. Yeah, so that's pretty nice. It is nice how it's nice how it's being distributed. Yeah, hey, I like Rugs, man. He has four catches for the season. They're all for touchdowns, and the touchdown pass that he caught, that pass from Jalen, that was nice on the run, putting that ball on target. That was nice on both ends of that uh, pitch and catch. No, I know it was a nice throw, and um, you know I, I do think once again he he is, he is, you know I'm sure this is you know I'm sure this is coaching here that that's coming into play, but there is a there is an absolute obvious conscious effort on his part to try to sit in the pocket for a yes. longer period of time. Yep, and um, I'm just glad that I'm just glad that they're they're working with him that way. Uh, because that's absolutely going to, you know, help in his development. Anything else on offense, or you got a mini game ball to give out? There's a lot of stuff we could talk about, man, but we'll save it for next week because they're just going to do the same shit again. So we'll just we'll save it for the listeners for next week. Give me your mini game ball, um, man. Um, so you want me to go first here? Okay. Um, hmm. man, there's just a lot of lot of lot of people I could give this to. Um, I think I'm going to have to give it to. Uh, you know, it probably is not the definition of mini game ball. Well, I'll do one. The I'll do one. The definition of your mini game ball, and one that's not. 
So, Jerry, Judy, I got to give a nod just for what we talked about earlier. Obviously, yeah. the plays he's making, he probably doesn't fall into many game ball category. He's not playing like a freshman. Uh, right now, if he wasn't in there, if these freshman receivers were not making plays right now, um, it would be a different situation because our our we 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 expected a different result so far from our starting three wide receivers. Yes. I'll just say it that way as a as a uh, as a package uh, as a package deal. And right now, what the three true freshmen are providing is essential right now to to go with uh you know to for for this team to be where they are. So you gave one to Judy. Who else? Uh, who else gets one? Devonta see? Smith, man. Who? Devonta Smith. Oh yeah, okay. I, I'm just giving him some love because he is getting a lot of playing time because he is showing a physicality in the running game, and he is showing a willingness to get his head in there and drive guys ten yards off the ball. You know, Saban loves that crap. And he's uh, undersized too for him to play with that level of physicality. He, he's he is a little undersized at the position. No, he is. You know, the, the the program says he's 165 pounds. And so if he's truly on a, only 165 pounds laying a lick like that, I can't wait till he's been in the uh, strength uh, program for a couple of years and uh, and see what he looks like. No, I think that's a good pick. I, I yeah, the freshmen on this team are very impressive and and the receivers are just I, I'm surprised that all of them are playing. I thought Devonta may not because of his size that he may redshirt, but but you can't discount you know his contribution. Um, it is very very impressive to watch, and I'm going with uh, I'm I'm going to a freshman uh, for my mini game ball. Uh, I'm giving it to Najee Harris. Je- he he it, you know late in the game, the game was over, but he ran with just a fury. Uh, and he sort of in person, uh, you know, uh, it sort of emblazoned and then sort of, uh, you know, personified Saban's approach. Don't look at the scoreboard, go out there and play to a standard. And the game, I mean, it, it wouldn't have mattered really what he did with the ball, except for he ran with just an anger and a physicality that, uh, that said, I'm going to get mine, even if it's late, you know, late in the game. Um, I think that really like resonates across the team and it's impressive to see a freshman do that, man. He's another one of these guys. I mean, they're going to be the future leaders of this team and it's neat to see them exhibit some of those qualities as true freshmen. Well, what did you think about the fact that in the last, you know, series, you know, starting the last series with, you know, three minutes left in the game that we do give the ball twice to Najee Harris and then we give it twice to Brian Robinson for his only two carries. I found it interesting that that Brian gets his with a minute left in the game. It's almost like either they forgot or they're like, okay, we got to give him some as well. Yeah, you know, I think there is a little bit of of you know, call it a pecking order, right? And I, you know, one to five, I like all of them. You know, they could all in my book get ten or twelve carries. They're just it's you just can't, hard. Can't it's that. hard to do. Yeah. And for, for whatever the reasons we don't see during practice and, you know, and even in practice, you have to sort of, you can't distribute the ball evenly in practice because, you know, some people need, you know, they need the more prep because they're going to play more. And so I, I think it's a little bit of just, there's five guys, right. And they can't all get 20% of the, of the load. 
and and Brian's, you know, the fifth guy. I just um, thought it was interesting. His two carries came on the very last two plays, right after the flashes he has shown, right that we talked about, and that's just the embarrassment of riches that you got a guy that has shown what he has shown when he has gotten to play, and oh. <laughs> imagine, imagine Arkansas's defense when he came. You know, when he gets the ball in the last two carries, right? But think, but think about that though, right? Because you're right; he has shown, you know, flashes. He does look. I mean, he's legit. He's as good as any of them. I, I'll say that. But who hasn't? <laughs> you know, who has not flashed such that his flash moves him up? Right? No. I mean, who does he no, overtake that, for four and three? No. Right. That's the problem for him right now. I mean, Josh Jacobs is is demonstrating, you know, why he's probably ahead of these other two guys. You know, there's a little seniority factor, and and Josh is earning that, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's a little he's got experience, and he's earning that. Hey, very quickly before we flip the field, what what was your thoughts on Tua's pass to to Josh Jacobs that went for 33 yards? Oh, I really, I'm you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. I really enjoyed his pocket presence, his awareness, and he stepped up to get the the throwing lane. That was nice. That was nice. But there's that running back again. We talked about Josh and and you know Bo, right? Yep. And just what they bring to the offense. And and this is helping that wide receiver production, right? I mean, that's a big 33-yard play. No, it re- it really is and 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 I you know, I've my focus my response on Tua because you know, because Jacobs, <laughs> you know, right? He does what he does. And and now that he's back to for, sort of full strength, you know, that's what you come to expect out of him. But to see the freshman kind of do what he did, that was impressive too. You know, we were just talking about, you know, you brought up Jacobs again, and we were just talking about, you know, Brian Robinson. So if Jacobs had entered the season healthy, would Robinson have redshirted? Yes. That's what I think too. Yep, I think he would have. And – he probably, uh, just like we talked about with Bo, right? I mean, right now, Bo and Damian could still both go. And uh, same thing at wide receiver, right? I mean, easily, you know, Cam's going to graduate and Foster's going to graduate and Ridley's going to go. And so I'm glad that that these three true freshmen are getting getting run because they're all going to need experience next year. Well, is is I mean, isn't – I mean, think about this, right? Not only are they contributing this year, but you know, but there is an intentionality in let's get them reps because next year they are the guys. Correct. And so let's grow them up while we continue to dominate. That's I mean, not many teams get to do both. Right, right. But but look, next year, right? That that's gonna be your depth chart, right? And yeah. so I mean, you could have Ruggs, Judy, and Smith as your starting three wide receivers next year. And if they've all got 10, 15 catches under their belt, that's gonna make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, with with Jacobs, Najee, and 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 uh, and Brian as your three running backs. Right, exactly correct. Well, tell me and, about and, get, and guess what? That doesn't bother me. We can talk yeah. about other positions, you know, where I might have some bother. Boy, those two skill positions not bothered a bit. No, and you can, you know, and and you know, obviously you win with defense, but you know, having those six quality guys on the offensive side of the ball that they could have easily gone to six different schools you know, is a good problem to have. Absolutely. Well, tell me real quick on defense. I, I noticed uh, I noticed a, a few times that Hootie Jones was not in the game in the uh, in the base nickel, and Minka was, uh, uh, was flipped back to safety, and Tony Brown came in at his star position. 
Um, you know, just a handful of times, three to five times. And I thought Hootie was hurt. Um, he did come back in later. Uh, he is wearing a brace on his right shoulder, which he was wearing at the beginning of the game. So I don't think that was added during the game. You know, obviously didn't notice anything, you know, and nothing was talked about. Uh, but, but did you see that? Did you see that Minka had to go drop back and, and play safety some? Well, you know, we move Minka around and we do that, you know, as a function of design. And so I, I wasn't really watching him move around and, and thinking of, you know, who was in and who was out. And I kind of took a do not travel or, you know, did not travel uh, with that, you know, DNT this weekend. So, you know, those type of rotations are so much easier in the stands than just what they let you see on on TV. But, but um, you know, I don't know. I know that Tony was was a little dinged and there was some thought that, that he might not play as much. But, you know, but you're asking about Hootie. You know, at this point in the season, probably a lot of players are a little bit dinged up. And so I, I don't think that I necessarily knew that he was dinged. But I guess let me ask this a different way. In the base nickel, you want your best five guys on the field. And was that them saying Tony Brown has shown us enough uh, of, in his development to earn the right to be the one of those five guys, some in that base package, and we'll pu- pull Hootie out and we'll move Minka back to safety? Yes, I think so. I think I think in the nickel that, that is exactly true. Because that's a luxury, right? I mean, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. that, that's what people thought could be the case at the beginning of the season. And so I'm just saying that which will help this team long term is maybe Tony is earning the right to be on the field. Like when he was on the field and Minka was at safety, Tony was not always blitzing the quarterback. Right. Right. He was dropping into coverage and and covering his guy. And so his responsibilities were being expanded. And this is the first game I've seen that. Yeah. I, you know, I think you're right. I think, Tony, I think probably gets a, a tough, a tough grow, you know, on, on our show, because I mean, he's a very good football player. He, but he's not a Minka and he's not, you know, a D Milner and he's but not, nobody, you know, yeah, nobody's not these other guys. Right. But he's pretty good at what he does. Well, you know, y- y- he is, and you talked about, you talked about Minka and, you know, going back to Tony for a quick second, I will say, and this is the this is the uh, secret sauce of Nick Saban, because we talked about how there's not 11 starters on offense, not 11 on defense, and you know we got 20 something situational starters on both sides of the ball, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. What is that going to do? That's going to build your confidence. Yes. And so early in the season, I think Tony was being was being asked to do things that were very much in his skill set. The same way we just spoke about offensive players being brought in in certain packages because no offense, but maybe yesterday, you know, maybe Saturday, the pass that Tua threw, maybe it wouldn't have gone for 33 yards had it not gone to Josh Jacobs, right? And so maybe Tony has been able to build some confidence as the season has progressed and, you know, it helps him in his in his practice and, and his – you know, uh, film study and getting ready for the next week, et cetera. And just maybe all these things together, how they've brought him along the, you know, this season, you know, just really bodes well for him and bodes well for the defense. Yeah. You know, as, as you were saying that, I, I, you know, is, is Tony Brown, the defensive version of Robert Foster? He's just, he's just 
taking it a different direction? I think to some extent. Uh, well, I think Tony has 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 been asked and called upon to do a lot more than Robert was able to due to injury. Yeah. Um, but you know, they, they both they've both came in with with you know high end, very high both five yeah. stars. Both both their their careers have taken different routes. Uh, and 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 Tony is finishing strong, and and Robert hasn't not hasn't done hasn't failed at that yet but struggling struggling to get his legs under him i would say sure you know i want to go back to mika i would agree with that i want to i want to go back to mika for a quick second and and just talk about you know what they are allowing him to do is just really fun to watch and i've never seen us do this with a defensive player right um for as long as we've been doing this show and you were talking about them moving him around and, you know, obviously, you know, he's a very smart guy and, you know, to be able to do what he did, you know, mid season last year uh, speaks volumes uh, to enable this team to even get to the national championship game. But right now, which is just really not freaking fair, you know, we're sitting here. I I love our third and long package, man. Mm -hmm. We, We third and long, you know, we bring in Deron Payne because you're such a freak and you can rush the passer at the nose guard position as well as a defensive end. And, oh, by the way, you're 308 pounds, so go sick them. And then we're going to bring in maybe Isaiah Bugs or Raquan Davis or, you know, uh, LeBron Ray, which was, you know, a situation which was great. And so we got two guys with their hands in the dirt. And then – uh, we saw a lot of Anthony Jennings in the game with Jamie Mosley combination, or we'd bring in Rashawn Evans as one of those two linebackers. And so we'd have two guys with their hands in the dirt. We'd have two linebackers uh, right next to them. Then we would come in in the dime formation and we would have Mika playing the dime linebacker <laughs> and he'd be right behind the, uh, you know, right there in the trenches uh, a la where CJ Mosley used to be and just and just literally free to roam all over the place there. And that's just a matchup nightmare. I mean, for for us to have the speed of two linebackers on the edge and two guys with their hands in the dirt, and we've got six DBs in the game, and we've got Minka right there in the center of the defense, five yards off the ball. Dude, I mean, that's just hard to get a first down on that play. I mean, that's just that's just that's just so hard. Yeah, it, it really is. And and so you've got these these chess pieces that you can literally put anywhere, right? And they can do a lot of different things. You know, I was gonna I you know, I was gonna ask this question and and, and you know, you're talking about Minka. Like like serious, man, is he not one of the best football players you've ever seen? Man, um obviously um on the on the defensive side of the ball. Um, okay, he is a guy that could have played both ways. Yeah. He could have gone to a football program and played both ways. Um, I'm just saying what he brings to the field and 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 the way that he can be deployed and 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 not miss a beat. I just you know, look, and there's a little bit of hyperbole there because he's the guy we're looking at right now, but No, no, man. What what makes this guy do what we're sitting here talking about is his intellect. Right. 
And what's so awesome, what's so awesome for all the people coming up playing fo- playing this sport, right? I mean, the reason, I mean, they talk about the quarterback of the defense and, and other players are making really good plays. I get it. Okay. But he is truly the quarterback of the defense. And 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 he literally can line up anywhere and, and he knows everybody's job and what they're supposed to be doing. And um yes, he's a once in a decade type of player. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, look, we've seen a lot of talented players. I'm I, you know, I'm I'm not we're not I'm not trying to No, you know, no, but, but, but I mean how he's, they're using I mean, him, man. He's up there, right? He's up there. He's up there. In the room. He's he's in the room and not as a slight to any other players that have come through this great program. No. How he's being used, we've never seen a player used like that before. No. No. And that's that's just the quality of life we see. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, once again, um, uh, it it seemed as if we didn't see uh, as as much much Keith uh, Holcomb. Uh, We didn't see as much Mika Brown. Saw a little bit of Chris Allen. Yep. Um, you know, not much, uh, <clears throat> not much from McMillan and so, uh, or, or Moses. And so I, it is interesting to me that, you know, since Jennings has gotten healthy and, and, and Rashawn Evans has come back, the, the distribution of snaps, uh, you know, the, some of these linebackers are just not getting as much run as they, as they thank goodness got a few weeks ago. No, but there's some good there. You know, I think there's a lot of good with that. Right. And so early on, I mean, we were down five linebackers at one point. You've got to put a lot of parts out there and see what you've got. And and it turns out we got we got some high end parts and got to get get a lot on film. Right. And so, you know, when you start to get, you know, Anthony back and you start to get, you know, Rashawn back with it and, and Moses as well. I mean, there are a reason that they were at the top of the list, right? The other guys are not going to play as much. But Christopher Allen played, and he played early. And the fact that Joshua McMillan is in there, and he plays a specialized kind of role, but he's in there, and he's taking snaps, you know, from someone else and keeping, you know, keeping someone else fresh. And so I like the fact that, you know, uh, you know, a month ago, we were throwing parts out there to see what we've got. Now, we can deploy those parts in in situational. We don't. They don't have to eat off their whole plate. They can just eat off a, a, off a piece of it while they learn their role, get more and more comfortable on the field. And I, we're better for that now, having you know sort of gone through it earlier in the year. And I wish we I, I wish we had Terrell and and Christian back. Don't get me wrong. I, w- I wish we had not had the injury, but. They'll you be know, even better when they come back, though. Yeah, it'll be incredible when they come back because we're not really losing a lot to graduation. And but well, you know, well now when you say well, well, when you say that, right? We're losing Sean Deon Hamilton and Rashawn Evans, right? And so and so it's kind of like we talked about last week with the cornerback position, like we just talked about with the wide receiver position. Fortunately, we've got a lot of talent depth wise who are getting some valuable experience because. Now, while we're not losing a lot of players, the players that we're losing are pretty key players. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm not rooting for any of them to leave, but I, you know, we've got the numbers there, and I feel good about the numbers. Now, cornerback, that's you know, that's a different story, but uh, uh, but you know, Rashawn and 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 Hamilton played very well, 
And Rashawn seemed very active. He was in the backfield, dis, you know, disrupting, it seemed like, most of the night. Uh, what was your read on his play? Well, it goes back to what I said about Mika, right? Before Rash- before Sean Deon Hamilton got hurt, right, where was Rashawn Evans making his heyday? With his hand in the dirt, yep, on the edge, going after the quarterback, right? He's very good at that. Yes. Well, in this Arkansas game, he was able to go back and do that five or six plays because Mika was able to play right there where he was playing on first and second down, and he was able to go do what he was good at. And so he was able to expand his role back to some of where his comfort level was last year for the first game this season, and I think that was a big deal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, you <clears throat> you mentioned uh, LeBron Ray getting some run. It's good to see him in the rotation. Uh, you know, I think, I think the defensive front is going to be that much better when Deshaun Hand comes back. Uh, and Bugs and, and Raekwon are continuing to develop. I thought they both looked good uh, on Saturday. This defensive front, uh, I'm impressed with how it's coming along. Quinnen saw some more run. We even saw some Johnny Dwight late. Uh, and, you know, Josh Frazier. Frazier made some key plays. He made some big stops in the backfield, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like I like how the unit is coming together. Uh, it, uh, you know, again, we'll say this again. I don't think it's as top end as it was last year. You know, Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Allen, right? But I like what we've got. I like what's assembled here on the defensive front. We can win. The, we can win with this group. No, we can. And I think while the top end is not where it was last year, I would say right now the depth the depth might be more more closer to where it was 2 years ago the depth was better 2 years ago sure but this is definitely better depth than we had last year ah okay i got you to say it awesome i was wondering that i you know at the earlier no, in the season no, i, I think, speculated no, no, no. yeah ah. i think it, i think it, no i think i think that i think that as these guys have gotten to play a handful of snaps it's like Raquan davis Raquan Davis did not play a lot of snaps, okay, on Saturday. He didn't play a lot of snaps, but he had five, you know, five tackles, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for loss. I mean, you know, that's that's huge. And 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 when you and when you look at the other guys on the stat sheet, okay, there there's a long line on the box score of defensive guys filling up the stat sheet. Oh yeah. And yeah. if you look at it two years ago. There, I mean, right now I'm looking at 20 guys here that have the 65 tackles in this football game. I didn't count them. There's probably over. Actually, there's over 20. It's probably yeah. probably closer to 30. No, we just didn't have. We just didn't have that last year. Or two, uh, last year. No, no, it, it we didn't. And so I like that we have the depth developing because you know a player. You know, and you mentioned Raekwon, a great example. He doesn't have to save himself. When I'm out there, I go full blast. And I can trust that when I'm not out there, that we've got the depth and the rotation that's going to take care of, you know, take care of things. And then I'm going to go back out there and I'm going to go full blast again. Um, I like that. I, I did not. I, I had some concern at the beginning of the season whether or not we would have that depth and whether or not we would start to see some erosion at the defensive front. And I am I am pleased to say that I, I feel like we're getting stronger uh, as the season goes on. And and like I said, that will continue when when Deshaun Hand comes back. 
and he's going to want to get in on the action, right? And so, you know, LeBron Ray is in there getting some getting some snaps, looking good, and Deshaun is going to come back. Um, and, and so, again, I think we're going to get a little bit better uh, across the defensive front as the season continues. No, absolutely. And just one more thing I want to mention. We were talking about Rashawn Evans getting to do more of his comfort level, right? Well, second on the stat sheet, Rashawn Evans with two sacks. Third on the stat sheet, Sean Deion Hamilton with one and a half sacks. So isn't it interesting that your two middle linebackers uh, accounted for three and a half of the sacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back, you know, of the sacks that, that we had, they were all from the front, uh, all from the front seven. Um, but yeah, definitely linebackers involved heavily, which, you know, again, we kind of knew that. We kind of knew that we were going to get pressure less from the DL and more from the more from the linebackers. And so we had like a, a you know, early in the season, we had, you know, some miss there because because of the injuries. But with those guys coming back, we're starting to see more and more. And the Vanderbilt game was sort of a coming out party when Jennings and, and Rashad came back uh, and they're just getting back, you know, they're getting more and more into form. So, yeah, I'll look for that to continue. Well, we had 11 quarterback hurries on the day, man. That's not a bad number. Okay. In contrast, Arkansas had two quarterback hurries. Right. We had 11. I mean, you know, you're going to win some football games when you're, when you're getting that kind of pressure on the quarterback. And if the quarterback weren't weren't an oak tree back there, we probably would have converted more of those into sacks. Yes, we would have had more than five sacks if if he wasn't six foot seven. Man, there was one play. I just I, I'm sure you saw this too. Rashawn Evans, you know, just you know, leapt up and grabbed, uh, you know, Cole Kelly, you know, by the shoulder pads, and and was and had him doubled over, and and this guy's six seven and was bent over at the waist with Rashawn holding him down. And Anthony Jennings came like, like this is not, like literally, not figuratively, literally came and knocked his ass over. <laughs> and I was like, man, it takes two of these guys to get this guy down. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, no, I did notice that. The uh, what what jumps what what else jumps out at you on defense if, or anything you want to uh, talk about for the, anything else for the listeners? Man, just speaking about jumping, Mac Mac Wilson. And in uh, his his interception, man, he just seemed to fly out from nowhere and just seemed so athletic. And of course, you know, slow motion helps. But and he kind of looked like Superman uh, jumping out to uh, to get. And there were other defenders in the area, but he just sort of swooped in from from nowhere to intercept that ball. And uh, you know, he's a kid that has his his head on right too because Saban laid into him earlier in the game uh, for a penalty that that he picked up and. Um, and, you know, he took his medicine and went back onto the field and performed and made just a really just high-end athletic play. Uh, I thought that was impressive. The um, no, I agree, and that's you know that's his, that's his second one he's had on the year, right? Yeah, and uh, you know his one against Florida State was was pretty nice as well. Uh, I'm just going to say it again. He reminds me of a young Dante Hightower. Okay, I maybe I hate to say this, but maybe even a little more athletic. No, yes, more athletic, more athletic. Yes, indeed. Well, who's your mini game ball? Because I'm going to go first because I know you're not going to steal mine. All right, well then go. All right. So, uh, in the in the uh, the frequent quest of of trying to frustrate you with my mini game balls, okay. Um, I'm going to give my mini game ball to the uh, to the uh, cameraman. Nope, to the cameraman, cameraman who found Nick Saban 
right before he chewed out Mac Wilson, right after the kickoff. Because when you take their slow-mo and you slow-mo it on your own slow-mo, you get to not only read his lips, and you, but then you get to watch the all the eyes behind him from the coaching staff and the players, and you get to see guys – uh, and I won't call out any names, but you just get to see the the sudden kind of they're they're trying not to look, and then they start looking, and like, is he really, really that upset? And is he, you know, is he really saying that whatever he was saying? And I just had to watch that like five times. And and this is not, you know, I, I feel bad, you know, this is not at Mac Wilson's expense, mm. uh, not trying to be, but 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 just this is what makes Coach Saban. Right. This is why he's driven for success. So, so we're a family show here. But can you can you disclose a little bit of uh, your rippling? Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no need to do that. But just I have to say that just the just the just the white and the eyes and the pure fear of of the players and the coaches on the sideline uh, of when when they when they were just watching this unfold. And they they really wanted to say something, but they knew they they knew damn better not to say anything. It was just I'm sorry. It was it was hilarious. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I am uh, I I'm giving my uh, mini game ball to uh, Deontay Thompson. He, you know he's a safety that came in and, and played late and laid a couple of big hits. Uh, he ended up with three tackles on the game. I think this guy you know he's gone through some some let's call it off season stuff that you know seems like he's he's been cleared of and and certainly has played this season but really had a couple of really big sticks really sort of rallied the the defense and and I want to give my mini game ball with a little bit of, of a caveat and I know that you hate the targeting rule and I find it sometimes frustrating too but I understand let's let's try to be safe but I'll say this and it's like I don't like the speed limit in my neighborhood but I will surely get a ticket if I break it Deontay Thompson, he better watch his own film a little bit because if he keeps hitting that way, he will get called for targeting because he led a couple times. And if he the letter of the rule and, and whatnot, had they gone back and looked at that, he may well have uh, have gotten a targeting penalty. So I like his physicality. I like his willingness to get in there and, and lay a lick. All of those things I like. I think that he he, he – can probably refine his technique a little bit, but uh, I think this is a guy uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the secondary and, and who's going to you know play roles next year. His name's at the top of that list. He's going to get a lot of run in the secondary next year. I hope he refines his tackling just a little. Well, this is his time, right? Yes. I mean, when he when he gets those plays like you talked about, like like Raquan Davis, you know, leave it on the field because. You're only going to get a handful just because yep. there's so many guys who are who are getting run. Well, well, talk to me about special teams. I I, I want to start briefly with the um, I want to start briefly with your with your boy Rugs. You know, while you were happy with him on offense, he keeps dropping these uh, punts yep. and yep. And uh, we we won't be seeing him back there for 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 uh, punt return, will we? No, we will. We'll see him Saturday. I'm saying if he if he keeps this up, we won't see him. Well, no, if he keeps it up, he won't. But uh, but Trayvon, you know, has, has his own little uh, you know circumstances and and uh, 
Um, and so yeah, but Saban just doesn't like that at all is my question. I mean, no, no, he doesn't like, like it at all. Um, I kept, you know, when Trayvon dropped his, you know, rugs dropped two, Trayvon dropped one. I thought we we're going to see Xavier Marks in there. <laughs> and right. I just, I would have put money on the that's table. What I, that's what I thought I would say. Yep. I, I, you know, I would have, I would have put money on the table that that's what we were about to see. And I would not be surprised this week because I think there will be a lot of punts for us to feel this week. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a third player get, get a catch or two. It'll be late, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a, a third player, uh, you know, get an opportunity back there. Well, let me ask you this though. There was only five opportunities to to catch punts, and Ruggs got two, and and you know Diggs got three. Do you think that's the reason Ruggs only got two? Because I think it is because he yeah, bought oh, yeah. both of oh, the yeah. ones he, he had. He was yanked. He was yanked. I think. And coach talked about his form. He was catching, you know, trying to catch the ball too low and and whatnot. So yeah, I think I I think that he I think he was yanked, <clears throat> and then. Uh, and Trayvon, who has more experience, uh, you know, marginally more, but he has more experience that he was that, uh, you know, that he was put in there. So, yeah, but I think they'll both now. And but Saban was very complimentary of Ruggs. He said that, you know, he's got to work on his form and explain what he was doing. But he said that he is going and he I think Saban used the word great. And, and you don't hear Saban use that very often. But he said that, you know, essentially that Ruggs was going to have a good career as a punt returner. Um, he just needs to clean up his technique. Um, so that tells me that Saban really likes this kid and, uh, and has a lot of, you know, confidence in him and, uh, and is really impressed with his ability. So I think he'll be back in there Saturday. I don't think he'll start. I think Trayvon and then we'll see rugs. We'll have to kind of see how that play out. I know Trayvon had, you know, a foot injury. And so where is he relative to that? I don't know. Uh, they'll both play, and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if late in the game we saw a third guy. All right. Anything else on special teams that you want to talk about? Uh, you know, I like I like Andy hitting two kicks, uh, two field goals, and, uh, you know, true freshman Daniel Wright, number three. Uh, he continues to, to be a guy that gets down there in a hurry and will lay someone out. So I, I enjoy seeing that. Well, I want to talk about the fact that you know, last year we seemed to be kicking the ball. You know, we would we would line up um, intentionally to kick the ball to the left side of the you know of the end zone. Yep. And we would try to just go from kicking it out of bounds where it would be a penalty, right? Yep. All right. Let me rephrase that. We would want it to go in the end zone, and then if it went out the side of the end zone, it would be okay, right? Because it would be a touchback. Well, several times in this game. The ball was in – it seemed to be, because J.K. was was kicking it off, it seemed to be intentionally left short of the goal line at like the two- or three-yard line. And I just wanted your thoughts on this whole rule of, you know, now that you get it at the 25, it seems like they are intentionally using Scott's athleticism and the speed that they have to choose from for their special teams – that they are trying to just take away even the freebie 25 because a couple times, you know, the guy catch the ball at the three and we tackle him at the 10. And it's yeah. like, shit, he only got seven yards, but he's got to run with the ball because he caught it at the three-yard line. I just want to get your take on that. No, I, th- I think you're spot on. And I think that's – I think that is, um, you know, you start to look for 
advantages? Where can you squeeze another ounce out of this? Where can you get a little more, you know, advantage, a little more, you know, margin? And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I've kind of been I, I read something at the at the beginning of this year, uh, beginning of the season and uh, Sports Illustrated's their NFL, you know, preseason deal. And they they had, you know, the Patriots were sort of all all in, you know, all up in it. And and they talked about um, that's something that Belichick uh, was was intentionally trying to do is is you know squeeze out those extra yards and those that extra advantage for his defense right and so we don't want them to return it necessarily we don't want to give it to them on the 25 but if we can force them to get it at the you know between the 8 and the 12 then advantage us and it just it just feels like and you have to have a talented kicker and you know coverage team and all that stuff but it feels like that's what we've been trying to do is if we can squeeze out because he can boot it out, uh, and that's fine. And we've had some times this season where he's intentionally tried to do that. Huh? I wonder if that aligns up when we had so many linebackers out. I don't know, but it, you know, I, I wonder if we're not also intentionally saying, you know, if we can get it to him in the three and we can get him down by the eight or ten or twelve, then that's what we want. Um, it's just kind of like we talked about offense and defense, right? It's just the it's just the 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 genius of Coach Saban, right? Because if you've got a guy like J.K. Scott, who we've already said is a freak of a punter who can just drop the ball, you know, at the one or two yard line, and he's got a strong leg, then it just seems like they've intentionally worked with him on, you know, once he started, you know, adding this to his repertoire of okay, you can drop a punt at the two. Well, let's just start dropping a field goal kick. At too. It's just, it's just, to me, it's just a little nuance that, that a lot of people aren't going to notice. No. And, and, and a lot of teams aren't going to try to do it because you've got to have a really, really talented kicker. And, and then you got, you know, you've got to have the coverage team that you have the confidence to sort of lean on too. Um, and so, you know, it, it wasn't that many years ago, Tommy, we were just, please, can we just kick it out of bounds? Yes. Uh, or, I mean, can we kick it out of the end zone? Yes. And uh, and and we just would have been ecstatic with just just can we just do that? And now we're going back and we're saying, OK, we can do that just about any time we want to. But that's giving them a quarter of the field. Yes. And we give them something less than a quarter of the field. Twenty five percent of their of the distance they have to go. Can we give them something less than that? Yes. Yeah, we can give them twelve and a half percent. OK, done. We'll take it. Yeah, now you got to drive 87, 88 yards against us. I just, I just think it's, you know, I'm gonna keep an eye on this as we go forward. But yeah. I just think, I just thought it was, I thought it was a, a good thing to bring up. Hey, was that a cheap shot on uh, uh, Damian Harris to his uh, man region? Yeah, I think you could say so. Do you, do you not think so? No, absolutely, absolutely. I went back and and uh uh and it happened so quick like in real time i didn't see it but i went back and rewound it and, and the tv you know they they did as well the, i mean he looked like he got run over by a truck uh because he was just standing there walking away from the play and he goes down and and then they showed it from another angle and this and the lineman came in and, and seemed to almost you know kick his leg out to hit to hit damien and um I have not, you know, I've been working today, so I didn't, I didn't see any, any sort of media on it, but I, I, I hope to see that 
that that player has been rep- reprimanded because I do think that was an intentional cheap shot. Oh, do, uh, there's absolutely going to be somebody who's going to want to try to take him out, right? Because yeah. he's he's making a lot of teams look bad. Yep. Well, tell me, tell me as we flip the field or flip the uh, the schedule here to, you know, to the uh, to the to the big rivalry game. Um, some of the luster is a little bit less now uh, than it was a few weeks ago, but you know it is Tennessee. So, kind of, kind of, give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I tell you what I think about this. I think sometimes you're the windshield, and sometimes you're the bug. And Tennessee's the bug on this one. Um, and 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 look, it, it here's how this breaks down. You know, they're three and three. They are incredibly dis, and they should be. You know, they should have lost to Georgia Tech. Um, they were pinning a whole lot on that South Carolina game. Um, I think, I think they're, I, I think they're going to collapse. I really do. I think they're going to quit on that Saturday. The, that might've been the breaking point, right? Yes. I think, I think they, I think they said, if we can go and beat South Carolina at home, sort of re-energize ourselves, we can get to four and two. Look, Alabama's Alabama, but then we're going to be four and three. We're going to get into a ball game, and you know, and we're going to be in good shape. But they, but they lost that. You know, they lost that. You know, they lost that slap fest to to uh, to Florida, and then and then they lost to to South Carolina, and they actually played pretty well. And you know, South Carolina did too. But it was you know a lot of field goals back and forth, just ineffective offenses. Uh, you know, they tried it out a, a new quarterback and he looks good. Looks like he has some potential, but you know, he's not there yet. And they played with a lot of emotion early. You know, they, they scored all of their points in the first half and then they were done. And I think they will continue to be done. Um, I think it's a 52 to six kind of game and I don't know where they get six. Well, you know what's interesting, man, is they've they've got a really good coach. And um and it looks like he's lost it looks like it it looks like he's lost control of his team. And it it, it looks like the, the natives are restless and and it it everything you just described, um, you know, I think it is a possibility. And you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you that that I think that this might be Butch Jones's last game at Tennessee. I don't think it's his last game. They would have fired him. They would have fired him before the bye, and so I think they're gonna they're gonna ride him out this season. But I can't. And I hear what you're saying. I, I'm only I have, saying, I'm only saying that because if this game is the kind of score you're talking about, you know, I, I could see an overreaction by by the Tennessee administration. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And so, I, yeah, that's fair. I don't. You know, I don't know. I mean, what do you do at that point? I guess. But, but. Um, you know, you made the comment he's a good coach, and 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 I don't. I think he probably is too, right? I I think he's. And and sometimes I wonder if he's not a clown. I just think I think he's a poor man's Les Miles, where he actually is a really good coach. He just can't get out of his own way sometimes. And Les did that in in sort of a quirky kind of way, and, and it worked for him. And Butch Davis does that kind of in a dumbass kind of way. Right. It worked for Les, and it's not working for him. Yeah. This idea, you know, champions of life and getting leader leadership reps. I, I mean, just some of the stuff he says, it's like, do you, I mean, where are you getting this? This is like from a bad 
Saturday Night Live sketch. And and this is how he's coaching his team. And they got that damn trash can for for um, turnovers. I mean, just like ah, oh, man, just you're. It's not. It's not even that you're trying too hard. It's just it's it's cheap and gimmicky. So I don't know. I think I think the team quit. I think their team quits. And and honestly, I don't. They may quit early. They may have quit on the on the flight down. I really do. I mean, I, I think that – and Saban, I, I, Saban will go out of his way to try not to embarrass him because he, he understands the coaching fraternity and, and all of that. I really believe that. But I think their team is going to quit in such a way that it's going to be hard not for it not to be a big score. No, I agree. There's a there's a big possibility that, that this game could be over before kickoff uh, from, from their mental standpoint. And – I just, I, I just think that you know, from a rivalry standpoint, and how big of a game this is between these two programs, um, it's tough for me to see that kind of score uh, from an Alabama-Tennessee game. Yeah. Um, and and you know, although although last year you know was a was a forty-nine to ten, and and that was you know that was at their house. Yep. So that wasn't too far from your number. So you know, I'm I'm gonna say you're probably. Uh, you know, more spot on that we break 50, uh, which, you know, if you do 49 one year and break 50 against Tennessee the next year, you know, how cool is that? But I'm, I'm going to say that, I, that I think that, that this game is probably more of a, of a, of a 35 seven and we're going to okay. walk away and, and we're going to wonder why, you know, we left some points on the scoreboard. I just, I just think that there's going to be some guys in that locker room that, that are just going to stand up and say, you know, by damn, we're seniors and this is Alabama and, you know, and we're going to play for our coach. And I, I just think something's going to just put a little extra fight in them that, that we're, that we're obviously going to, there's not going to be a doubt that we're going to win this game. Right. But I just, I, it's just hard for me to say that, you know, that we can put those kind of points up against Tennessee, but that would be fun to watch. No, I hear you, and I and I certainly understand that because it, you know it is it is you know a big rivalry game for you know for both teams, uh, but you know we're both in agreement that good guys are smoking cigars on Saturday, right? No, absolutely. All right, very good, very good. Hey, I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do that thing that uh, that I like for us to do at the end of the show, uh, and that's call out a um, a review that we have. All right, man, I'm ready. Let's hear it. So this week it's only one, and so uh, hey guys, get out there and uh, and gals, get out there and leave us a review. But this is uh, from from Marathon Rye. That just sounds like a good whiskey, right? Absolutely, man. We have to try some of that. Have to check that out. But uh, Marathon Rye tells us uh, this uh, this podcast gives you all the information on the game just played with expert analysis from two of the most well informed guys to follow the Crimson Tide. If it happened in the game, it's covered here. Keep it up and roll tide. That's hey, some man, nice we, words, man. That is very nice, man. We appreciate the we appreciate the shout out, and uh, we we love doing this. And uh, this helps uh, get other people to to find out about us, so they can tune in. And so we we appreciate y'all taking the time to to make these comments. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Tom, I think we're ready for the uh, the tide to roll again Saturday. So uh, buckle up, here it comes. Right. Absolutely, man. It'd be nice to you know. Uh, tromp your rival, have a cigar, and and then you have a bye week, man. How cool is that? And and you know what? And I wanted to say this one during the Tennessee section. So I'm sorry. I'm gonna get serious here for another minute. Is this team as is is this team 
as fresh as we've seen it going into the buy in like several years? Yes, because of what we've talked about with the versatility and the packages and the personnel and and you know th- this other teams need to be freaking just scared as shit right now right. because as teams like Clemson you know lose and teams like Auburn lose you know right now man you know a lot of a lot of a lot of people you know was picking Alabama to you know to make a good run at this but you know right now you know it's hard to sit here right now and say I feel better at seven and zero than I did last year with the Jonathan Allens on right. the roster, right. uh, but I do, and that's crazy. That, that's just crazy. But that just that just speaks to to Coach Saban and, and what he has built. Yeah, and and it's a great point because I, at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have believed it. And but yet here we are, right? And the team is, you know, we've gone into this Tennessee game like, man, if we can just get past one more game, then we've got the break and we're going to be all right. And you know, we almost lost to Tennessee. You know, it was nineteen to fourteen now, but, two years ago. Yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, four of the top ten lose, and uh, Alabama looks lethargic in a forty-one to nine victory. So. You know what Saban's doing is working, and uh, you know I think I think we chalk one more up on Saturday, and then you know the team gets a a, a well deserved uh, break, and I know that they're looking forward to that, and they're oh, going to go out and lay it on the line Saturday. Yeah, man, and we get a bye week before LSU, who always gets a bye week before us, and so right now the way LSU has played these last two weeks, getting a bye week before them, I think is huge. Yes, yes, absolutely, and and you know what it's. Them getting a buy, I think it hurts them because they're actually they've actually got some momentum. Yes. And so them them I think is going to unplug their momentum, whereas it's going to give our guys uh, I th- I think just a boost and uh, you know to be able to catch some rest. So I don't know, but let's uh, let's not get too far ahead. No, uh, absolutely. Take care of the balls on Saturday. Let's enjoy a nice uh, cigar and uh, enjoy the week off. Absolutely, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Absolutely. This has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.,
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.